Welcome to another episode of Reproducibility, um, the Open Science Lecture Course Edition, Episode 2. I am joined by an, a very enthusiastic Sophia Crivel in Berlin. Hi. And an equally enthusiastic Sam Parsons in Oxford. Hi. And a hi from me as well. Hi. Okay. Um, <laughs> you got that over with. Um, so today, this is another of our short episodes um, following the kind of open science lecture course I gave at the University of Cambridge at the beginning of 2020. Um, today is covering the second lecture, which is about replications. Um, what are replications? Um and kind of what are their value? Because naturally, the thing that really, when we talk about the replication crisis, you know, it has replication in the name. Um, so it might be good to understand what we believe a replication is. So what I thought we could do um, in this episode is to discuss that question in a bit more detail, because I felt like writing this lecture, I didn't actually know as much as I thought I knew about replications um, and any of you two replication experts? So I'm at the point in my thinking about this concept where nothing makes sense anymore. So um, <laughs> I'm not even sure if I could give you a coherent uh, definition of rep what, what replication means to me. Um, yeah, I guess, in, uh, yeah. No, I guess, I mean, so, no, Sam, you go. <laughs> I'm really like you know, you know what I mean when you when you when you think about something and then like at first you're like oh yeah this makes sense you've got these these you've got this like dichotomy you've got these different ways of thinking about it and then you think about it a little bit more and things start getting fuzzy and everything's a spectrum and you think about it more and then everything falls apart. That's where I'm at. Basically, I'm okay. not I'm not really sure if anything if anything um, relating to replication makes any sense. Anymore. I think that's a good place to be at. I think that's probably where I ended up after preparing this lecture uh, <laughs> and giving it. But yeah, how do you feel, Sam? Um, same, I guess. Like it's it's something that is. Uh, I'm sure there's a word for this where like there's a common understanding of a word that is actually super vague and different for everybody. Um, so when you actually start to think about things, you just kind of go, oh, this means something different to you. That's why we disagree. It's, it's like I research about well-being and I think everybody thinks about something different when I when I say that word. Um, OK, so because really, with publication bias, also one of those. Mm. Anyway. Really? Oh, I think we yeah. need another episode for that. Yes. Because at the moment I have a very I, I, particular definition. No, I, I, talk, I talked to uh, to Anna Schell and, and Peter Isaga, is, is whatever, at, at the Royal Conference about, about this. Um, fascinating. Anyway. Okay, well, we'll have, to, we'll have to do that at some other time. So I think maybe I'll just introduce replication in the way that I introduced it to the students. Um, and then, because I think a good, an example of it might help, help shape our thoughts. So... Um, naturally, the Open Science Collaboration Replication Project is one of the big kind of replication initiatives we think about when we talk about this. So the Replication Project replicated um, studies from three 
kind of top psychology journals, always kind of the last one in the paper, I think, which is uh, controversial, but they found that both the effect size decreased um, and actually the p-values became a lot more spread out from zero to one rather than all scrunched up below 0.05. Quite a bit of time later, Daniel Gilbert from Harvard wrote a a critique of this paper and submitted it to Science, where the original paper had been submitted to and published in. Um, And he has like loads of different things he criticizes, which I didn't cover in the lecture because a lot of people disagree with how he came up with the numbers and the conclusions. But what he did criticize was, one, that a lot of the studies didn't use similar methods to the original replications so the original study so the replications use different methods and also they use different populations so for example he says and this is a quote an original study that asked israelis to imagine the consequences of military service was replicated by asking americans to imagine the consequences of a honeymoon um and this was a study by Schnabla, Schnabel and Nadla um, who looked at kind of how you can get people to want to kind of, after a falling out, want to kind of become friendly again. And they used vignettes where um, Asaf and Anat were kind of, you're working in a firm and you're working with a partner who's either called Asaf or Anna, gender matched to you. And then you either go on maternity leave if you're a girl or a woman and you, or you go to military service. Um, and then Asaf or Anat um, takes credit for all your work. That's kind of the, the basic premise. And then you ask, like, if you want to reconcile with them. Um, and Brian Nozek and Elizabeth Gilbert replicated this study for the Open Science Collaboration and replicated it in Americans. And instead of asking about military service or maternity leave discrimination, which they thought wouldn't really work, they asked about if you would marry and go on honeymoon. So do you guys think that that then counts as a replica? Do you agree with the criticisms of Daniel Gilbert there? I mean, so to answer the question whether that counts as replication, I think, you know, we'd have to have a, um, a definition of replication that we agree on. Um, though I guess, so if that, yeah, to me that, seemed, that, that, that's, that, that seems more, uh, more like something that is maybe looking at the, the robustness of the effect. Because, I don't know, or, or, or something that is just another study, I don't know. Because like when, if it, hmm. Well, cause like, like, how, how, many, how many things can you vary um, with, with the study still being a replication? Uh, at mm. what point is it just another study, right? Because if, if I, I think I could see this being replication, but also if this is replication, is everything a replication, right? Because you, you are usually building on something, um, on some, some existing literature. Um, well, if I would play devil's advocate here, you know, I, I gave, I naturally didn't brush through this like here with my class. And I asked, you know, you know, how would you repeat this study now if you wanted to replicate it? And, you know, they did mention we would have to not use Israeli participants. We would need to change the names to match them to kind of UK names. Probably going to military service doesn't really make sense. So we'll probably need to change that. And so they, by thinking about how they could replicate it at their own institution, they came up with a pretty similar design that Nozek and Gilbert came up with. Um, 
and like in a way the original study claim their claims were that this generalizes across a whole population and you know it's about the general conditions necessary for reconciliation so it does seem to test the actual study kind of premises i think it um i can kind of understand why why people would get behind this as a criticism of the replication projects just purely because if i if i think of say like a two study paper and the second study is a replication and extension of the first i'd kind of expect that the methods are going to be the same um because otherwise like sophia said i I'd, I'd naturally think of it as like a, a robustness or a generalizability kind of study rather than a sort of direct replication i think that's why we like even us on the podcast have talked about direct versus conceptual replications before. Mm. Um, I guess what, does what? that dichotomy make any sense? <laughs> Nothing yeah, makes well, any I'll, sense. We know. <laughs> I'll interject with Brian Nozek's opinion here. So um, we can link to his talk at the University of Queensland, which go through his opinion in a lot more detail. Um, but what he argues is that actually there's no such thing. There, there cannot be something like an exact replication. You can never replicate the, exactly the same study because even if you replicate it on exactly the same people, those people have now changed because time has passed. You know, you like people say, you cannot step into the same river twice. It just doesn't work that way. And so what he says is that in the end, um, and I'll, I'll read out his definition of a replication now. Uh, he says, you know, we cannot ever exactly replicate. So a replication he defined as an attempt to reproduce a previously observed finding with no a priori reason to expect a different outcome. I, like I taught this, um, but, you know, I, I'm still very open to kind of discussing this because I think I, I haven't really made up my mind on some days. I'm like, no, you know, we need to keep it as exact as possible. But then, yeah, we do need to deviate. And every deviation is a theoretical judgment about whether that is important or not and, and kind of whether to define it as a replication or not. I think so. My I guess my biggest problem with this is that if you don't have not necessarily a dichotomy, but like something that main that makes it more or less of a replication, then you also open the doors for all of these post hoc explanations for why something did or didn't like quote unquote replicate or find similar results that is kind of exactly the whole harking post hoc explanations, hidden moderators kind of stuff that we're not wanting to have to deal with so like you so you, like replication as a, as a political or a tactical kind of concept well yeah or, or you, you still open up the doors to say well it didn't replicate but that's also because there's a, a really obvious reason why these shouldn't uh find the same results that we hadn't thought of a priori like i feel like there's a lot of ways to get around this and still be able to like have some super weak theorizing and testing which again is kind of exactly the problem that kind of caused the crisis in the first place i might be being overly critical even with the replication like that 
that sort of reasoning always comes out. You know, if a replication fails, even if it's as direct as possible, people will start, you know, kind of questioning what led this to fail. Because, you know, even though an original study is as little evidence that something exists as a replication is evidence that it doesn't exist, you know, this is all gradations. And so I think what you could argue is that in the end, a replication failure will always be kind of a beginning of a discussion about whether that means, you know, the effect just doesn't exist or whether it means it's only in certain populations. I think the important thing is that we then need to go out and test those new hypotheses we have. You know, often it just kind of ends up in a debate. But Sophia is looking critical. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just like, I, I think I agree with you. Especially if um, sort of the the theory um, that you're testing is is vague um, and therefore, you know, you've got lots of maybe opposing hypotheses that could possibly uh come from that and therefore like just you know i mean yeah yeah i don't hmm. i'm not i'm not sure if i oh god Th those were three half sentences that were not really sentences well what do you feel about brian nozick's kind of definition that actually a replication is just a conceptual statement it's not down to procedures it's about it's about us kind of conceptually thinking about what we study. Well, so I would, I mean, that, that sounds sensible, right? Um, but again, I'm not sure if you can then distinguish a replication from, from any other study um, to some extent, right? Um, because actually that makes it so broad um, that probably like lots and lots of studies that the... Um, the authors wouldn't call a replication um, could be counted as replications of, of previous uh, previous studies. Basically, unless unless you're the first person to investigate something, and by that by by something I mean you know like really really in a, in, in the broadest sense possible, uh, you'll be doing a replication. Which I mean I guess that's fine, but I'm not really sure if then the word replication has any meaning anymore in the sense that we've been using it. So I guess then to come back to Sam's point. Um, which I kind of interpreted it as this idea of, well, um, part of the reason why um, people are putting direct replications in quotation marks, whatever that means, um, so like why, why, why they're taking that uh, as such an important thing is because um, of that political value, um, because you're then able to say, well, hey, um, well, I mean, because really, what really what what we're saying with a lot of the replications that have been done in the, in the last couple of years is not necessarily this um, that you know like this like whatever you found was noise, but whatever you found was noise probably because um, of the way that the analyses were done, or that we could because maybe you hacked without realizing or whatever, right? So it's it's I, I think maybe we're talking about um, different things. In the sense of you know what 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 could a replication be in 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 a system where we're all i don't know when no, no one's harking um which i'm not not even sure is entirely possible um to make sure that no one is harking um and uh when no one no one is p hacking or whatever um and then as a, as a separate issue of replication in the system that we're in right now or in the sort of state state of the world that we're in right now i think those might be different things 
what do you think is a crucial difference then kind of in the perfect world scenario versus the real life scenario? Well, because I think, I think because of that um, political value of, di of direct in quotation marks replications. So like, I guess like replications that are as similar as possible to the original study, except for time and population, I guess. Um, so probably because you've uh, like like so if you assume, um, and I, I hope that's not an unfair characterization, but I assume that that is the case with with some um, replications that there is some uh, like some of these these sort of famous replications that there is some assumption of well maybe the field if not the authors but the field has, like was was doing things wrong at the time, um, that that then even if even if you do the most direct replication possible. Um, because you don't know what choices were made after the fact, um, your your population might might differ in, in in ways that you can't that you can't even know, right? So if if data points were excluded, um, and and, then, and you know and, and there was some system, it, it was somehow systematic, um, for example. Um, But yeah, sorry, I, I I can't remember where I started that sentence. But basically, uh, I think I guess like sort of it's it's in that it's in the um, the point of the replication. Yeah. So I think maybe in the replication crisis, a lot of the point of the replic of, of replications was well, wait, we've got an issue in how we do things, and that issue can be shown in that if we repeat what we have done, we can't. Whereas in a system where we where we can somehow know, which I'm not sure is possible, that that we're all doing things right in quotation marks, whatever that means, um, that is unnecessary. And then what is replication? Mm -hmm. And where where are the boundaries from replication to just another study or to something that is trying to to show robustness or generalizability? Of yeah, the effect? I think in the context of the um, uh, like the open science collaboration kind of large-scale replication attempts is similar, right? So if the purpose was to test, as you just said, the the original kind of study's robustness, essentially, or the kind of underlying of that procedure, then you have yeah, to the have... the procedure or the effect oh, or the God. whatever, you know? The, the pr like, let's like, let's what, say like, the procedure, what, what right? Is that if, if you had the same setup and it was designed to examine the procedure you're going to expect a very different pattern of things than if you were trying to test essentially the generalizability of the effect, but like across uh, cultures and samples and everything else. So like the, the pattern that you would expect of the results is going to differ as a result of that. Or you, you might expect that it's going to, right? So maybe you would expect there to be a even lower replication rate because there will be kind of hidden differences or there'll be procedural differences that might have actually driven the effects. Um, so knowing that beforehand seems like just a really sensible thing to set out, which I, I assume is kind of part of um, Brian Nozek's kind of point with the, like, do you foresee an a priori difference as a result of these changes is that it's kind of how we should be testing, right? Do we a priori, I think, that our changes to the procedure, running it in a different sample and population, are going to lead to issues with replicating the, the effect. Um, 
like thinking about that beforehand is obviously quite important. Um, I mean, likewise, is thinking about how you would categorize something as replicating or not, which is something that we've not touched on yet. Yeah, and I, I, I have this open, you know, even in the open science collaboration, there were five different ways of uh, defining whether replication is successful. And they um, agreed on that after the fact. Yeah, rumor has that. Which is important. Yeah, so... <laughs> You know, you could have null hypothesis significance testing. You could ask whether the original effect size was in the 95% confidence interval of the replication. You could compare effect sizes. You can compute a meta-analytic estimate, or you could subjectively assess. And, and I think something that I found interesting is that um, looking at whether the, the replication had a significant p-value or not found that the replication rate was 35%, and then the subjective assessments... So asking the replicators, do you think the study replicated had 38%? And they were the two estimates most close together. So I think that shows that a lot of our subjective assessment is still based on, on null hypothesis significance testing p-values um, there as well. So I think we've heard a huge amount of different definitions of kind of what is a successful replication kind of just now, but also what a replication is. Maybe it's different um, in different research climates politically. You know, do we want to prove that there's a problem versus do we want to kind of develop theories? Maybe it, um, maybe it differs if we have different kind of goals. Um, but then, what, what, yeah. where you, what, with the second part, where do you draw the line? Like, where do you? I mean, then is is every study that uses the Stroop task a replication of the Stroop task? Well, I think what Brian Isaac says in his talk is that, like, in the end, what is defined as a replication is a really personal thing. Like, it might differ for myself over time. Like, it might you might think something of replication and I don't. So it's kind of it's loosening up the boundaries to pretty great extent, making like, you know, any anybody can self-define this as a replication. But so what is the point of a replication? That is also very different then. So a replication could be anything. I guess anything that we a priori think will have the same effect. <laughs> and a priori, this is important, right? A priori meaning like because of whatever theory we subscribe to, not not just not just like before we start the experiment, but like mm. from our theory. I guess like in the in the Israeli study you would say like from the paper they said you know this shows that I think I, there were like three aspects can be improved to allow people to reconcile more and so from that statement it, we would expect this to hold for all different populations and all different types of conflict and then I guess what is crucial with the replications is that we're going to hone in on whether that is true or whether that is not true. But yeah, I can see that we should maybe be uncomfortable with this kind of widening of the, what is a replication definition? Don't know. I'm still very torn. Well, it also seems to partly only work as long as we continue to overgeneralize from our findings, right? Because maybe they shouldn't even have made that claim. Probably they shouldn't even have made that claim. And so if we, I mean, if that's something we want to do, if we want to move to um, like sort of away from overgeneralizing, then I guess replication in that, in that sense, uh, right? I mean, so like, would that sort of been a replication if they just said, well, and that's what we can say about our Israeli sample and our Israeli procedure. 
Hooray. I guess that would have made a different replication. I think we, I need to, to, to stick to our time limits. I, I think we maybe should stop <laughs> at this idea of generalizability. Um, I, maybe we should end by, give me your definition of a replication in one word. <laughs> I will start. Um, it's non-existent. <laughs> That's two. <laughs> oh, you can have a hyphen. Okay, Go thank on. you, Sophia. <laughs> I grant you a, I grant you a hyphen. <laughs> I'm going to say non-existent to replicate or directly replicate your uh, result. <laughs> thank you, Sam. And that is the worst joke I've made all week. Um, thank you um, for letting me. So I'm 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 going to say, uh, and I probably will disagree with myself by the time this comes out. I'm going to say political because I think probably we mean very different things when we talk about replication at this point. Um, and I think the, mo the the one that I think we could probably agree on most would be as a political tool for now. Well, and if any of our listeners, please do share your one word definitions of replication with us when after the, you listen to the podcast. And we hope you found the uh, discussion informative and we will, um, yeah, see you soon through the airwaves um, <laughs> with episode three. Um, so yeah, have a good time to learn. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.